0: I'm walking this morning as I record this, so hope you bear with me if I'm breathing. gets heavy. I'm still not in the best shape of my life, so it's a possibility that I could breathe hard at some point, <laughs> or at every point. But I just, I just was uh, shared a message from Dr. Tony Evans that by a fellow brother in Christ. And, It was so encouraging. Um, I want to not, I'm not gonna copy it or anything like that. It just really got my mind to thinking in a place where my heart's already been and currently is because we have this enemy that hates us. Uh, The Bible tells us in First Peter that we have an adversary, the devil, who walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And and certainly, as believers, we got to be sober and be vigilant, as his word says. We have to be on, on guard for that. But there's a difference in being sober and vigilant and crippled with fear. And I think, for me, crippled with fear... Here's a better description of, for far too long in my life, I handled the enemy. Yeah. The Bible tells us he wants to destroy us, and so, it's, it's funny how he, actually there's nothing funny about it, but he's subtle, just as he was in the garden. His, his tactics have not changed. But he will, he will narrate to us. You see, Satan does not have a nine-foot demon with a sword waiting outside on our doorstep in the morning when we go to work ready to just destroy our lives. Uh, the Bible tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities. And so spiritual warfare is very real. Don't get me wrong, the, the demon that 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 uh, tortures us, the the enemy may use tactics, and it may be a nine-foot demon. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the method that he uses is not a a physical struggle. It's very spiritual. And I was at an opportunity to hear a, a fellow pastor speak, and he talked about how he is such a narrator. He narrates. He doesn't... He doesn't strong arm us, he narrates in our ear and he tells us things like, you can't handle that. This this discipleship, you, you can't even handle reading your Bible. You can't handle someone sharing with you and someone holding you accountable and someone wanting to grow with you. You've already tried that. He He says things like, You're just going to go back to your old sin. Who are we kidding? You're just going to give in like you always do. He tells us we're worthless and he tells us that God doesn't have the power to continue to forgive us for the same things or that God doesn't have the patience to love us even though we fall into the same things over and over again. You see, this message brought to mind a thought. I, uh, I'm scared of roller coasters. I don't mind telling you. Um, I, I'm I'm 40 years old, and I just don't ride them. It's weird. It's like a switch flipped in my life at some point. In my late 20s, I became motion sickness. I mean, I, mean, I didn't become motion sickness. That's pretty um, incorrect. But I became Subject to motion sickness, and swinging, and spinning motions will make me nauseous. But it's more than that. It's also the fear of, <laughs> it's the fear of death. It's a big fear. And I was I remember riding Mr. Freeze one time at Six Flags, and this was before they changed it. You know, if you ride Mr. Freeze today, it's different than I'm going to describe it. But when Mister Freeze first came out, it had these big shoulder harnesses that came over, and I rode this very first time with my friend Daniel, and uh, I was scared, but I didn't want anyone around me to see that. I acted tough. I, I walked through the line, knowing when I got to the front, what was coming. I was. I was racked with fear, but you know, it was, it was pride that kept going, making me go. There's, a, I mean, we could take this, this story a hundred different ways, but the way I want to take it today is that when we got in the ride and the ride started, it shot us out of this tunnel. You go from zero to 60 in like, you know, three seconds or I don't know, felt like a half a second, honestly. But I had this trick that I'd learned with roller coasters, and that is I focused all my strength into holding on to the harness that had me locked in. These big shoulder harnesses, I had them gripped so bad that when I finished the ride, my hand was cramped. I mean, I was holding on for for dear life. Just sometime later, I was thinking about that experience, and I was thinking about God's love for me and God's care for me in relation to my enemy. You know, Jesus tells us that we're in His hand, and His hands, in the Father's hand, and there's no one that can pluck us out. Paul said that what can separate us from the love of God? Trial, no persecution, or famine, or peril, or sword, nor any other creature can separate us from the love of God. Crippled with fear and holding on to And I think that's the mindset that some of us have is that we've got to do the best that we can. We've got to hold on as tight as we can. In actuality, we're not holding on. (laughs) He's the one doing the holding. That shoulder harness on that ride wouldn't let me out even if I wanted out until the ride was over until the, till the determined end of the ride, it wasn't letting me go. This life is a lot like that. The Bible tells us it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. And the enemy can come at me with, with everything he's got, but until it is the determined end of my life, I will not be plucked out of the Father's hand. I can't be destroyed. I can't be downcast and 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 made worthless. I can't. I can't be. This even this physical body cannot find its end until God says so. So no matter what circumstance I come up against, knowing that He has already given me the victory in Him spiritually, and I find eternal life in Him through His Son Jesus Christ—the only way, the only truth. The only life, there are no steps, there are no, there are no programs, there are no, I mentioned the Westminster Catechism yesterday in my podcast, and I didn't, you know, the, the sometimes the, you can eat the fish and leave the bones, and I didn't want you to think that there's steps that you have to take and, and progressions that you had to get to cry, no, it's not that at all. It's not that at all. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, For by grace he are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I can't work hard enough. I can't hang on tight enough to find salvation through Jesus Christ. He's already provided it. He's hard. I love what Tony Evans says about grace. He says, He's already provided it. These are riches. These are blessings. They've already been provided. If you can work for them, it no longer ceases. It, it, it no longer is grace. It can't be grace if we work for it. It's free. And so, because of that perspective, because of that truth, I don't have to go through life crippled in fear because of my enemy. I don't have to worry about what's to come because my Father already knows. He already knows. Whatever God's calling me to, He's already preparing in me the ability to do it. He's equipping me so that I can, I can perform the good works which have already been laid out for me to do. As I grow closer and closer to Him, and become more and more like Jesus, more conformed to the image of Christ, as Paul would say, That song Zach Williams sings, Fear is a Liar. It's pretty spot on. Don't let it cripple you. Don't let fear take you from doing what God wants you to do. God doesn't make wrong phone number calls. He doesn't get wrong numbers. If God's leading you to do something, He's already got the ability and the preparation for you to accomplish what He's calling you to do. He's already got it. God doesn't make mistakes. Don't let fear take you away from the purpose God's called you to.